this is Robert Mitchell at High Tide in the Dreamtime. This is episode 45. This is my first vaccinated uh, podcast ever. Um, and, you know, there are a few things I wanted to make this next pod about, but what I'm going to talk about is meditation and meditation in relationship to people's using psychedelics and benefiting from them. Uh, my feeling is that it people, I get a lot of people getting in touch with me who think that psychedelics are going to be a magic pill in their transformation, usually from uh, some kind of malady, depression, anxiety, OCD, addiction. And I do not believe that psychedelics, psychedelics can be uh, that beneficial to people if they don't have or are not developing a meditation discipline. And, uh, you know, the, the science on it is that meditation works better than any antidepressant. And, you know, over, I can't tell you how many people I have coming to me who want to get off antidepressants. And I always have great news for them because if they want to get off antidepressants, if they want to get off anxiety medication and they are, which most of the time, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, uh, handpicked group because when they come to me, it's because that stuff is not working for them. Um, but I always have great news because I always say that meditation works better than any medication for pathology, for psychological pathology. It doesn't work, uh, in place of therapy where therapy is required to sort of undo knots in people's personality structures. But as far as making people, uh, giving people an op optimum opportunity to be a to be the best selves that they can be, to feel the best, to function the best, to think the most clearly, to experience themselves in the most advantageous way. It is and has no peer. Now, I also get a lot of people who are meditating in certain ways, or they're not exactly sure what how to meditate or, or, you know, there's people are on apps, which I find sort of a bit absurd. You know, I'm not a huge fan of TM because I think that, you know, you pay some money and you get a mantra and you repeat the mantra. And I am not a fan of one size fits all kinds of, uh, disciplines. So like with yoga, you know, like, or meditation, I think that there's a way that things can be customized to the person and how you can customize meditation, I'm going to talk about today. And it applies to every single person. And, you know, I myself, I am not a meditation master. Uh, I'm not going to claim any kind of uh, realization as a meditation, as a meditator. I have a, I don't know, about 30, 35 30 year practice. And I had the good fortune of getting uh, taught to meditate by uh, Jack Cornfield when I was really young. And then who was a family friend. And then when I was older, I had this 10 year study, the Zen study. Uh, Jack Cornfield was Vipassana, which has been popularized now as mindfulness meditation. And I got to study with this uh, psychologist and 
uh, Zen teacher, Zen priest named John Daishin Buxbazen, who was very serious about Zen. And as far as I could tell, there was no difference between Vipassana and Zen other than the formality and the ritual of Zen, which there's very little of in Vipassana. And I think that one of the amazing things about Buddhism or meditation is it takes on the local colors of wherever it goes. So while it's sort of a less formal uh, culture in Southeast Asia where, where Buddhist meditation became Vipassana, there was a much more formal uh, religious practice in Japan when it arrived in Japan and it took on those colors. And in Tibet, where they had a more dynamic, bond, shamanism, shamanistic culture, it started to look more like that. So the, the cultural specifications of meditation, I don't think are important at all. But the technique is super important. And one thing that I think gets left out, because I think in both those, uh, in both those uh, sects of Buddhism, what they talk about is the supremacy of the Buddha and the Buddha's way. And I think that's largely symbolic, like Christ is largely symbolic. However, what I think is amazing about meditation, and, you know, like I say, I get so many people who are meditating from apps and um, they, they, they think that's their meditation practice or they try and breathe. And what's I'm going to talk about today, I think could be helpful to anybody. What's amazing about meditation isn't the meditation technique. It's that every single one of us has an intelligence behind our physical form. And there is a one-to-one, uh, it's one-to-one, your, 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 your physical and your psychological, spiritual. Like there's a one, like if you deal with your physicality, if you deal with an awareness of your physicality, you are going to come into contact with your consciousness. And every single one of us has a unique physicality that has been put together with the same uh, intelligence that has formed galaxies, right? So, so yeah, we're all a certain height when this, and we're a certain, there's, our arms are a certain length and our shoulders are a certain amount wide and there's a certain distance from our, the crown of our, our, our skull to our sacrum and the widths of our hips and the size of our hands and feet. Like every single one of us, our DNA has come together with some logic that is still beyond the understanding of science to structure us exactly how we are. And there is pure genius in that. Like a genius that almost nobody has the capacity to understand. Certainly not me. But that miracle of how each of us is assembled physically is completely unique. And it has its own logic and it has its own logos. And with meditation, you can orient your consciousness towards the uniqueness of that structure and have your consciousness become one with 
the uniqueness of that structure and the intelligence that created that structure. It's, you don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to read any books. You don't have to understand any philosophy. You can actually use the architecture of your own body. And so what is amazing about that is what you're going to encounter as you take a breath through your nose, in through your nose, and out through your nose, is you're going to encounter the ways that, or I'm going to encounter, anybody's going to encounter, the ways that our muscular system and our nervous system has restructured our experience of ourselves according to our egoic state. So each person's body has a internal structure, a spine, that if you stack it perfectly and you put vertebra upon vertebra, right, and you support yourself in your sacrum, whether you're kneeling or whether you're, you're, you're sitting on the floor, if you stack your vertebrae one on top of the other straight up from your tailbone to the base of your skull and imagine it going through to the, to the crown of your skull, it's going to support itself. It's been designed to do that. Uh, nature created it that way. And just by doing that, by just getting your vertebrae to stack properly, your body's going to start to relax. You're going to let the endo, endo, the, the endoskeleton in you support you in the way it's been designed to by whatever intelligence makes humans and animals and mammals and, uh, and this planet, the solar system, Milky Way. That same intelligence has structured every single one of us. Physically, we've grown according to the designs of that intelligence. Now, when you stack yourself properly and you allow things to hang off, you allow your arms to hang off and your shoulders to relax and you don't hold yourself up with your musculature anymore. And you take a breath through your nose. You're going to encounter the places in yourself that restrict that breath. And whether that is uh, a tightness in your upper back or a knot in your stomach or a tension in your jaw or your scalp being tight, it doesn't matter. What you're encountering there is your constructs about yourself. What you're encountering there is your conditioning that is separate from your natural state of being. And this happens with psychedelics as well, but I'm just talking about meditation today. And if you take, when you take that breath in naturally through your nostrils in a relaxed way, just allow your, your, your lungs to inflate to their natural size, which most people don't do. Most people just allow themselves to breathe into the top third of their lungs because it makes them feel defended. And if you're just listening to this and you take an inhalation and you allow your lungs to fully uh, inflate, if you allow them to open how they want to open and the alveoli that line your lungs to, to bring oxygen into your blood, into your bloodstream, to your brain, you do that one or two times and you're going to start feeling different. 
However, as you do that, as you take that open breath, you are going to encounter restrictions in your thoracic area. You might. It might be in your neck. It might be in your upper back. It might be around your heart area. It might be in your intercostal, mu- inter- inter- intercostal muscles. It could be anywhere. You could feel it in your feet, even though your lungs don't physically uh, travel to your feet. When you let a breath in, you're stimulating your whole nervous system. And your whole line of nerves that go from the top of your uh, skull to the bottom of your feet. And you're going to feel tension in places where you are holding tension. Because you've your whole life probably been doing that. I've been doing that my whole life. And it's diagnostic. That internal breath, that breath in, it shows you where you're holding yourself according to concepts or complexes, or fears, or manias about yourself. And when you become aware of that, all you have to do is allow yourself to welcome your breath into those restrictions and just breathe into those spaces with your inhalation. And, you know, there's going to be a foreignness to that. There's going to be a resistance to that. There is going to be a challenge in that. Because oftentimes those things seem so, once we become aware of them, they seem so much a part of who we are. And there's going to be a resistance to allowing the breath into those things. And when you do, when you do go into it breath by breath, like water dripping on a rock, it will open, guaranteed. If you can keep your attention into allowing your breath into these closed off areas. And then the amazing thing is the emotional states, the experiences, the concepts about yourself that constellated this shuddering will reveal themselves as your breath moves into these places. That's the first part. The whole point of meditation the sort of meditation that was Zen or Vipassana or, or, you know, whatever I'm talking about. Those are just names. They don't mean anything. Is to get your entire consciousness, which thinks I am this person. I got to do this today. I got to do that today. I got to, I got, why aren't I my life how I want? Is to take that whole consciousness that does those things and have it become one with the sensation of your inhalation and your exhalation. And to have none of those things happening other than the sensation of your inhalation and your exhalation. And if you can do that, amazing things are gonna happen in your consciousness as you move back towards your original state of being. That is the structure of your body. 
you are going to link up with higher aspects of your consciousness that are not ego structured, that are not like I was two and this happened to me. I was seven. This happened to me. I didn't like how this person treated me. I felt good when I did this. I didn't feel good when I did that. Am I going to be okay now? I didn't feel okay then. Those things are all temporary. But your physical structure represents something about your eternalness that needs to be represented in physical reality. So the more you can make your breath just become your natural inhalation and the awareness of what that inhalation encounters in your body that's not like anybody else's body on earth. Like there's 7 billion people and nobody else is built just like you are. Right? And then... Nobody else has the personal psychology that they're holding in their body. That they're holding in their tightness or their rigidity or they're not wanting to let oxygen or not wanting to let their, their lungs expand underneath their armpits or whatever it is. Or the, the tension they hold in their scalp, you know, as they become aware of how their oxygen stimulates their entire nervous system. As you allow your natural breath to move through those things and get informed about what they are, what the restrictions are, you're going to get informed about why they're there and how they got put there and why you're still carrying them. And that can be a very painful experience or a very cathartic experience or a very traumatic experience. But what you need to know is that they're at... Those formulations, those constellations of emotions and feelings and ideas about yourself, they have an end. They have a temporal nature that they began at a certain point in your life. Or maybe you brought them into your life and then found things around you to prove to you that things were like that. But if you move through them breath by breath, there is something after them. There's something completely eternal that your life is an expression of. And all you have to do is patiently return your attention to your inhalation and your exhalation. And you will move into, through, and beyond those things. In the same way you can do with psychedelics, but you can do it at your own speed. You can explore the galaxy of intelligence that structured you as fast or as slow as you want. It's really all about how you apply yourself. And then people think I'm not a good meditator because, well, I was supposed to be doing that galaxy thing he was talking about, but I was thinking about what groceries I needed. Or I was thinking about, I can date now that COVID's over. 
and I've been vaccinated and there's other people out there who are dating and what are dates going to be like now that people are, 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 are COVID vaccinated, you know, just whatever nonsense. Um, why is major league baseball putting off its opening day? Um, who's going to be drafted in who's going to be the first pick in the NFL draft, whatever it is, are people going to movies again soon? You know, like there's my mind doing all this stuff, right? And when you go, oh, I'm doing that again. I'm not taking all my attention and becoming the sensation of my breath moving through my body. When you do that, when you go from, oh, I'm thinking about all these things, I'm not meditating, to I'm returning my breath to my sensation of it moving through my physical structure and whatever it encounters in there, that is the muscle of meditation. It's the reaching up and grabbing your attention. I always tell people, imagine that you have um, 12 little helium balloons that you're holding between the tips of your thumbs. And when you start thinking about who's going to be picked first in the NFL draft or are there going to be fans in the stadium, in the stands or what about movies? Are we going back to movies? Whatever it is. And you kind of imagine that being a balloon that floats away and you grasp it with your right hand and you put it back between your fingers, that is the workout. That's the building the muscle of meditation. That's the that's how you get to be a stronger meditator. And instead of taking things to the 28th degree from where you started when you stopped noticing your your the sensation of your breath moving through your body and what it encounters there, Instead of going 28 things that you rock hop from one to the other, you go two and you're back. And the discipline of returning your attention to your breath, moving through your body, moving through the genius of your physical structure, and then all of the superimpositions you've put in there with, with how you hold your musculature, and trying to dissolve that breath by breath, that's the insight that you're gonna get is what put them there. The muscle is just returning to that over and over and over again. Returning to that inquiry. What's breath doing in me now? And the thing about this that I found because I was speaking to someone, a client the other day, and they're like, well, I've always meditated, but it's just sitting there doing nothing. So a lot of people think like that. They think meditation's boring, but actually it's not. And there's all these substitutes that we have for like the insights about ourselves that we can find in this art form like selfies and social media and how do I compare to people and do enough people like me and my measuring up? Well, each one of us is so singular. We're like our own galaxy. And it's endless what you can discover in there. It's more interesting than anything that's on the internet. It's more interesting than any film you're ever going to see. It's more 
resonant with what you are than any song you're ever going to hear or any piece of music, unless you probably create it yourself and you've been in that state when you were creating it. It's endless. There is no end. You're never going to get to a place. It's like an onion. One layer gets breathed into that and dissolved. And there's another one behind that. And there's another one behind that. And there's another one behind that. And it'll affect everything. It'll affect the way you dream. It'll affect the narrative you have with yourself. It'll affect the way you relate to other people. It'll affect the way you relate to your personal history. Because ultimately, you realize that your personal history are, is a result of the predilection of constellated consciousness that you bring into this life and then see all around you and think, oh, this is happening to me rather than this is, this is the manifestation of my consciousness. It's like there's a thing in Zen psychology. I talk to people about this all the time where like someone goes, I got so pissed off. I was driving and somebody cut me off on the freeway and I screamed at him and no, you are pissed off or I am pissed off and I'm looking for something to hang it on. That's how, that's how our consciousness works. So like I was driving with somebody once and they were getting so mad at the person in front of them because they cut them off and I'm like, hey, they don't even know it's you. <laughs> they, don't, they don't even know it's you that they cut off. You don't have to get mad. They weren't doing something to you. But it feels like that. And so what meditation offers you the opportunity to do, just like psychedelics does, is it let, get, lets you get into the mainframe of what are these constellated thinking patterns that brought me into this life? And how do they hold up against the genius of my formation? And you know what? Usually they're pretty minor, no matter what your challenges are. And then it's kind of like this. And then what you are is you are a ambassador. You become an ambassador for the genius that constellated you the way you did. And we can all be like that. You know, there's a, there's been a study recently where the, the formation of galaxies and the movement of galaxies are in communion with other the galaxies that surround them. They're aware of the movements of the galaxies around them and they're influenced by it, even if there isn't a physical correlation between how they're moving and how they're responding to the galaxies around them. So there's a, there's a symphony of intelligence and nothing is going to put you in contact with that symphony that you are, that is in you, more than meditating in the way I just discussed. So I would say if you're meditating another way, it's great you're meditating. If you want to give that a shot, if you want to listen to this podcast and do what I just described, it's going to be a limitless source of pleasure and a limitless source of information, and it's going to be a limitless source of comfort. So I would highly, 
highly recommend it. All right, that's the first that's the first podcast of spring. It's Passover and Easter and a time of rebirth. And I just gave you guys a tool for for whatever version of rebirth you're interested in. Um I think this is Robert Mitchell. This was High Tide at the Dream in Dreamtime. If you want to give me a review on Apple Pods, I always appreciate it. You can find me at www.goingquantum.org. Um, I'm stoked about this podcast. I think it was inspired. I hope everybody has a great weekend. And I will speak to you guys soon. All right. Stop.